often vulgar, always explicit, and sometimes funny. Slap box. Slap box. Welcome to the Slapbox Podcast. This is episode 505. I never lost all my energy. No, no, I'm good. I'm good. I had some nerds chewy candy. It's like, uh, I threw it away. I ate way too much of it. I got like a kind of a sugar rush actually going on. With a Gatorade, I'm uh, not living the healthiest lifestyle at the moment. Um, but they have these nerds that uh, have like a gooey center, and then a bunch of like nerd parts. The hard nerd part, hard nerd parts. <laughs> it's quite the thirsty snack <laughs> for nerds. Um, but hard nerd parts on the outside, gooey center. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? And uh, I shouldn't have ate those. I wanted to get a slice of pie from Casey's. General stores, but the pizza they had looked like it had been sitting there for a couple of hours. It's like, no, I'm good. Fuck. Let's just get some sugar. I ate the whole goddamn bag. Whole goddamn bag. It's probably, you know, supposed to be like, ooh, like 10 servings. And it's all just one. It's all just one. And uh, <laughs> probably not the greatest idea, but I did it anyway. Did it anyway. And here we are once again. And, uh, man. Man, I thought this weekend was going to be super exciting. Super exciting. And that I'd be able to do my first ever YouTube unboxing video. I was going to do it as uh, Wednesday. I uh, I have been going nonstop on my phone and refreshing the Musician's Friend webpage on the uh, Adam Jones as well standard because I, I still have yet to receive mine as uh, the last I was told it was like they were saying July 15th although I keep looking at Reddit and other places and I'm hearing of other people receiving the guitar and American Musical Supply keeps saying like ooh they're getting stock in soon supposedly they had some in last Thursday now they're saying they're getting another run of it in May 13th somehow musician's friend <laughs> It says, like, July or later. Um, but Wednesday, though, I was refreshing. Like, I refreshed that page so much. Like, I'm surprised I haven't given their, them a denial of service attack to where nobody can, like, use the, the webpage. I mean, I refresh it constantly. I'm like, tell me this guitar is fucking in stock. And sure as shit, Wednesday, during, while I'm at work, I'm on break time there. And uh, I, I don't know, it was probably, like, 940 in the morning. I don't think it was my, during my first break, but the, the 940 break. I refreshed, and it had said, Adam Jones, Standard Les Paul, with Antique Silverburst, was in stock and ready to ship on Musician's Friends website. I was stoked. I was like, fuck yes. Any minute now, I should be getting an email saying my guitar has shipped. I checked my email all day. No such email. 
I refreshed the webpage of Musician's Friend over and over again. While I was at work, it still continued to say that. I get home, still no email from Musician's Friend saying my guitar is shipped. <laughs> and then, uh, and I'm having, I'm, I'm, I'm stoked, uh, you know, it's starting to f- fade by the time I get off work because I'm like, hey, I haven't got an email. I feel like they're probably not going to send me this fucking guitar. But I'm rocking in my head the Counting Crows song, Mr. Jones. Cause, you know, it's Adam Jones's guitar. So I'm like, Mr. Jones and me, you know, and just rocking it out into my head. It's nothing quite like Tool, but it came out, you know, in the early Tool days. Early Tool days, like, you know, in the 90s. <laughs> I feel like Adam Jones would appreciate the, the Mr. Jones song. And uh, in reference to his guitar, but anyway, <laughs> I'm rocking that out. I tell Shelly, like I'm like, hey, looks like because uh, he, of course, is also a huge Tool fan, and uh, we've we've bonded a lot through the years going to Tool shows, and uh, so <laughs> I messaged him, letting him know, like, oh, it looks like it looks like I could be getting that guitar this weekend, and. Uh, so th- by the time Wednesday night happens, or well, I get off work. It's not quite Wednesday night. It's like afternoon Wednesday. I go home. Uh, now I've been refreshing it on my phone. On my phone, it said, guitars in stock, ready to ship. You order it today on our website. You will get it immediately, basically, is what it's referencing. So I go and I get home and... I get on, hop on my old PC here. Look at it on there. Back order it says it's on back order, <laughs> and it still said it on the phone that it was in stock. But it was shortly after that that it finally on the phone said it was on back order. So then, come Thursday, I'm emailing my gear advisor, Carol, over there at Musician's Friend, and. Uh, I'm like, hey, you know, I uh, happen to notice that uh, on your old website here, showing the guitars in stock, any chance that I will be getting this guitar soon, or am I still looking at July? I get a reply back. Oh, it's, oh, it's, it's too bad. Sorry. It looks like it's it's still July. I don't know why it showed that on the website. And, uh, yeah, so apparently, I guess saying it's basically a mistake and it shouldn't have showed that I don't know but I'm going to be really pissed if I find out I'm going to be like super pissed if I see like a YouTube video (laughs) or read a Reddit post (laughs) any kind of post (laughs) where someone just got the uh, that guitar you know and they go oh got it from musician's friend if I hear those words, my mind might explode. Not quite as badly as um, if I neglect to say get a uh, lottery ticket with my uh, Powerball numbers and then uh, <laughs> end up, uh, you know, 
those numbers hitting. I that would be mind shattering, mind altering. This isn't quite that bad. I'd be able to get along, get along with my life. I'd move on. However, I'd be pissed. I'd I'd be very very angry at that. I'd be like you motherfuckers. I have an order in place. You know, I don't think I would imagine like it was like it, with it being in their system that I would get a guitar. Hopefully there's nothing nefarious there. Hopefully they didn't screw up. Get some stock in and then just not send me mine. <laughs> I hope that's not the case. But I can't help but wonder if it is the case. Since, I mean, for hours, the website said it was in stock. It's like my phone is trolling me. There's something. Somebody hacked my phone just to fuck with me. <laughs> I have read, though, on posts that there's a lot of people recently that are getting that guitar. Just not me. And a supposedly not musician's friend. I wish I had a connection over a Gibson. One, so I could know that guitar was in stock. Also, so I could, you know, maybe modify a few things on there. I'd love to just have locking tuners installed initially. I don't want to end up modding it after I get it, though. Because I did that with the old Epiphone Les Paul. I put the uh, locking tuners in there, which I'm a big fan of locking tuners. So much easier to change a string, and I, I feel like it does help with uh, staying in tune. Um, But, uh... <laughs> Grave would just call Gibson up. Hey, uh, while you're making mine, toss this in there. I mean, it'd be like if I got bought locking tuners, which uh, I think I have Grover's. I, maybe I'm not certain on there. I believe it was Grover's that I bought to put on the Epiphone, and that's usually what Ep, uh, Gibson uses is Grover tuners. That's what's uh, at least on this standard models the Grovers um which that was like 70 something dollars you know Gibson's probably gonna charge like 200 or so to get it and then install it or more you know well like fuck that you know throw some logging tuners out there <laughs> I'd be all about it um and if I could get like his strings like they don't ship it out with the same strings he has which I need to start getting some sets of his strings maybe putting that on the old Epiphones so I can get used to it he's got like the lower strings are fatter, and then the higher ones are are thinner gauge, if I if I recall. Um, but uh, maybe it's vice versa, something like that. But uh, if, you know, I want to mimic the old Adam Jones. I feel like it would be helpful to use the same exact strings he has, and that'd be a good little uh little upgrade, I guess. I wouldn't think it would be real ex- expensive, you know, to swap out strings. The locking tuners, you know, I'm sure they would charge a pretty penny to install them themselves. But if they installed them, it would be nice to the fact that it wouldn't have extra screw holes. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I won't be touching that, though. Myself, I don't want to drill into that headstock. Guitars are way, way too expensive. You know, they got good enough tuners on there, I guess. Just, <laughs> uh, I wish it was locking tuners, though. 
since I got that Tom Morello Strat that's got the locking tuners and I experienced what it's like to have locking tuners, it's like, why would I ever go back? Don't go back. Um, Holy hell, man. Holy hell. There's still people selling uh, fucking used versions of this guitar on like reverb though. The the prices are coming down because more stock is becoming available, but holy hell, man. Like, knock that shit off. You sons of bitches. You got it only to sell it and to make a quick buck. Whereas, I want to play the damn thing. And, uh... uh I can't get my hands on it. Can't get my hands on it. Thought I was close. I was getting ready to learn how to play... Mr. Jones. <laughs> I thought it it would be funny to have a, you know, to play Mr. Jones on Adam Jones. Les Paul. There's something, something about that. And more positive news, though. <laughs> Breaking Bad, or sorry, <laughs> shit. <laughs> Better Call Saul. It's in the Breaking Bad universe. What can I say? Better Call Saul. Not disappointing. I don't want to ruin it if you haven't seen it, but this last episode, this third episode, the way it ended, pretty great. Pretty great. And uh, the nice little bit at the end, I will tease a little bit of the fact that, if you're familiar with the show, when Hector Salamanca, uh, Tuco's uncle, uh, Tio, uh, he... (laughs) He's got a very funny, funny little thing he does at the end of that. It's, uh, I mean, in a sick, dark, humorous way. It's pretty funny. I, I got a good laugh out of it, at least. I would imagine if you're a fan of Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul, you find it <laughs> kind of funny. <laughs> I mean, if you if you watch all of Breaking Bad, you're in full in for Better Call Saul. I'm thinking you're going to laugh at that part. Just saying. Just saying. It's good. I want to spoil it but you know oh so good so good uh michael mando is the man if you have if you play video games and you have never played far cry 3 you should check that one out michael mando is the villain in that game he's also in better call saul as uh ignacio or uh, nacho varga and he's pretty great in that. He's also pretty awesome in Far Cry 3. Which another Breaking Bad connection. One Giancarlo Esposito. Uh, who is better known as Gustavo Fring. The Chicken Man from Breaking Bad. Is in the latest Far Cry as the villain. I haven't played that one yet. But I love me some Giancarlo Esposito. So I'm going to guess it's good. At least his part. <laughs> I'd love to meet him. I've seen him on a lot of late night talk shows. And uh, he goes to like Comic Cons and such and events. And uh, whenever people meet him, they want him to act like Gus and they'll take pictures with him where he's like holding a banana or something. Like it's a gun and it's like pointed at them and he's just giving that Gustavo, the Gus look. Like I'm going to fucking murder you. <laughs> and I'll think twice about it. 
and it's pretty great. But he seems like in real life, at least from these interviews on late night talk show, he's actually just a really fun loving guy, and and uh, all that that good shit. But uh, <laughs> you know, knowing how good he is at being just a monster, um, <laughs> on screen, I have to wonder. Well, is there a monster hiding in him? I don't. I still don't get that impression. I don't know. I hope not, man. He's. I love me some John Carlo. I. It would be terrible to find out that uh, he was, you know, not the greatest person. But I would be highly surprised to find that out. And he does seem like he enjoys the late night talk shows. As uh, I grew up on that shit, watching Letterman. Uh, I never gave a fuck about uh, Jay Leno, really. I mean, I would watch it back in the day, but yeah, like, kind of tune over if they had a good guest I'd like or something. Uh, but I watched a lot of Letterman, Conan, uh, Carson when I was real young. You know, he went off when I was shit. I don't. I was young. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I, I was a, f- a big, huge fan of late night talk shows. And uh, I remember Chevy Chase having his a uh, talk show, and I watched it all the time. Uh, which it was short lived, though. I I was a fan because I was just a big fan of Chevy Chase, and it, but it was, it was very short lived. Uh, apparently, nobody else watched the show. <laughs> uh, but uh, it was uh. Yeah, yeah. I get, Conan. I I don't know if there's like one particular talk show host that was like my go-to. If any, I guess Conan, because like I watched a fuck ton of Conan, but I just watched a lot of late night shows. Um, I really enjoyed like uh a lot of the crazy weird Letterman shit that would happen, like when Chris Elliott was still around. I, I was pretty young when Chris Elliott was still working on Letterman and everything. But then, like, when uh, Conan first came out, uh, he had such good fucking characters on that show. would have the character orgies, the masturbating bear, pimp bot. I uh, love me some pimp bot. Just <laughs> How does that go? It was like, uh, I really love my job, but I, or something about that. I really love hanging with my bitches and talking about cutting bitches and stuff, but in like a robot voice. Pretty great. And like gold chains and shit. <laughs> uh, but uh, mm-hmm. oh, I'm looking at Adam Jones's side note, looking at Adam Jones's strings that he uses. He uses the Ernie Ball skinny top, heavy bottom. Which makes me think of Queen, you know, you got the fat bottom girls. That's basically what this is. A little bicycle race action going on here. Skinny top, heavy bottom. Uh, <clears throat> that is Ernie Ball. I like the the artwork they've always used on the Ernie Ball stuff. You got the eagle. It looks like very much like I'm going into a tattoo shop. <laughs> I haven't had a tattoo in a while, but man, I love... Uh, you know, I'm a fan of getting tattoos. And uh, it's been too long. It's been too long. I am still saddened. I wish when I was in Russia last time that I would have went ahead and gotten me a tattoo while I was there. I feel like that would have been great. As uh, 
I had really thought about it. Uh, and uh, I, I didn't do it. There was some really great tattoo places there in St. Petersburg, and it would have been would have been great, would have been good, but I didn't do it for whatever reason. I mean, I don't know. I just felt kind of awkward going into a tattoo shop, and it didn't look like there was uh, <clears throat> any um, shops that I knew where the artists spoke English. And that was the thing that kind of really concerned me a bit. <laughs> like, I felt like that was going to be awkward. I'm sure that probably a lot of the tattoo shops probably have somebody that speaks English. But that would have been, you know, I wanted to just get something travel related. And I was looking, I still like that if I get another tattoo, I would like it to be watercolor like tattoo. That would be dope as shit. And uh, <clears throat> it would have been, you know, like some kind of plane or compass, some kind of stuff in there. But like a watercolor, those watercolor tattoos, I'm a fan of. And... uh yeah, I I didn't do that. Now that you know, I don't know that I'll ever get another chance to be able to I'll at least be, even be allowed to go back to Russia. It's like I you know, I don't know, man. I wish I would have gotten like a tattoo, something a little bit more permanent, something that would scar me from life <laughs> in a good way from Russia. That doesn't involve me shitting in a bed. <laughs> uh. But, uh, yeah, oh, man, it's, uh, sad, sad, I miss traveling so much. I was talking a lot about Ireland today, and, uh, just, you know, I, I imagine the sheep don't even remember me now. It's been so long. I miss them so much, and they're wool. And they're bah, or whatever they do, you know? I don't remember making a whole lot of noise when I was there. I feel like when I ran the Connemara, I think a few of them made noises at me. But it's such a such a great place, you know what? Ireland, love going there. Yeah, speaking a trying to speak with an Irish la- uh, <laughs> accent there, and you know I don't really remember much. Well, not that I ever learned much, but the Irish language. I think Amach is uh, exit. That's all I really remember because it's on when you drive through Ireland. Says it on all of the on the motorways. It tells you where the exit is. Says it in English and in Irish. Uh, but yeah, that's that's how it goes. Uh, looking forward, man. It's it's bittersweet to have Better Call Saul going back to that, to have it coming to an end. Like, I don't know, maybe they'll have an other spinoff shows. I mean, it's the staff behind their show. Like, top to bottom's got to be just fucking great. Like, the casting, like, like every actor they seem to bring in just, like, nails it. I'm sure that a lot of that has to do with Vince Gilligan and Peter Gould, the creators behind it, and that their direction towards it. But, I mean, it just seems like uh, there's, just, there's just very few episodes where I'm uh, disappointed in really they I I think part of it is too with a show like that they don't put an insane amount out they're not putting like 
24 episodes out in a in a year or anything like that. They've had periods where they've had big long gaps of time in between seasons, so they have time to really flesh out and write uh, the shows, the episodes, and all that. Like, uh, I guess there's that writer strike during Breaking Bad that happened between like the last two seasons. I feel like it was right around there, and I think that probably did help with that. I mean, they were able to really. Um, I mean, it's just shit. They're fucking good. <laughs> I love my Misa and, uh, Vince Gilligan, and he was uh, involved with the X Files. If you're unfamiliar with how he came in contact with Brian Cranston and all, um, of course, Brian Cranston' biggest claim to fame before Breaking Bad was Malcolm in the Middle. So he was known as uh, a comedic actor. He, uh, of course, was the father on Malcolm in the Middle, and. Uh, he had a reoccurring character on Seinfeld that was on, like, I don't know, four or five episodes. He was this dentist. He was pretty great on there. Um, but what ended up happening to where he would get uh, end up making Breaking Bad and why Vince Gilligan wanted Brian Cranston for it is uh, they did... Vince Gilligan had worked on the X-Files, which would love me some X-Files. I mean... My cat is also known as Agent Mulder, just saying. Um, <laughs> and uh, they had an episode that was like a take on speed, not the drug, but the Keanu Reeves, Sandra Bullock movie that uh, had some bomb attached to the bus that if he uh, went below 55 miles per hour, I think it was, the bomb would explode. So then Keanu, you know, had to just keep flooring it and driving the bus. <laughs> Which, you know, thinking back, I haven't seen Speed in a long time. I never, I don't know that I ever saw the sequel. I feel like I didn't. But the premise of that... <laughs> just, I don't know. It's just like when you think about it, it doesn't sound entertaining. The movie's all right, I guess, from what I recall. But uh, they did a take on that for uh, X-Files. But uh, I know the premise of that seems like a little rough to make like a whole movie out of. Like the whole movie is just, but, uh, you know, done right. It can be, it can be great. Uh, but uh, Vince Gilligan directed this specific episode of X-Files. And I guess I'll pull up the name of the episode, get a little bit more context here. Um, but what happened was it was, uh, a take on the speed in which it was a sort of a situation where there was driving, um, and you couldn't go below whatever speed limit, uh, <coughs> drive is what the, that episode is called. Um, but, uh, here, well, here's the Wikipedia s- uh, synopsis here. Drive is the second episode of the sixth season of the science fiction television series X-Files. premiered on the Fox Network in the U.S. on November 15th, 1998. Uh, I was already a big Tool fan by that point. 97 is when I really started following Tool. Anyway, <laughs> this episode is a Monster of the Week episode, which is... enjoyed some Monster of the Week episodes. Um, unconnected to the series Wider Mythology, Drive... 
earned a Nielsen household rating of 11 points, being watched by 18.5 million people in its initial broadcast. That's fucking crazy. Like, shows don't get that anymore. Um, The episode received largely positive reviews from television critics. The show centers on FBI special agents Fox Mulder, played by one David Duchovny, and uh, Agent Dana Scully, of course, played by the amazing Gillian Anderson, who work on cases linked to the paranormal called X-Files. Mulder is a believer in the paranormal, while the skeptical Scully has been assigned to debunk his work. In the episode, Mulder is trapped in a car by a seemingly deranged man, played by Brian Cranston, (laughs) and Scully races to determine if the man is suffering from a deadly illness and if Mulder is in danger of becoming the next victim of some sort of government conspiracy. You know, thinking about X-Files, I wonder if this has something to do with why QAnon is so fucking ridiculous now. They would just pump so many conspiracies. People watch maybe a bit too much. I'm not into QAnon, but I love me some X-Files. Maybe it had the <laughs> opposite effect. Uh, anyway, the episode was written by Vince Gilligan, of course, who would go on to create one Breaking Bad. It was directed by Rob Bauman and feature a guest appearance by one Mr. Brian Cranston. Gilligan cast Cranston to play the antagonist because he felt he could su- successfully humanize the role Cranston's success in Drive later led to his casting as one Walter White. Uh, Heisenberg. Fucking Heisenberg, yo. This uh, gets a little bit more into the plot here. Um, in a live news report, a high-speed car chase comes to an end in, in the Nevada desert. Assuming it to be a kidnapping, police pull the female passenger from the car and place her into the protective custody of a police vehicle. The driver, Patrick Crump, one Brian Cranston, is pushed to the asphalt and handcuffed. The woman, his wife, begins violently banging her head against the police car window. As the news chopper catches all of this on film, the woman's head explodes, sending a spray of blood across the window. Mulder and Scully get wind of this bizarre car chase as they're doing work in Boole, Idaho, investigating possible domestic terrorism. Mulder coerces Scully into taking a detour to Elko, Nevada on a hunch that this may be an X-File. It just might be. It's like scanners meet speed. Their heads are like fucking exploding. Um, Crump, who has started to develop symptoms of a sickness, is put in an ambulance. Mulder, wishing to speak to Crump, follows the ambulance and ends up being kidnapped by Crump, who has escaped from the police. Mulder realizes that Crump is suffering from a painful sensation of pressure building in his head and that the only way to alleviate the pressure is to drive west. At first, Scully believes that Crump is suffering from some sort of infection. She takes a hazmat team to investigate the Crump's home and finds a dog suffering from the same symptoms and dead birds on a neighborhood's, or neighbor's property. But on noting that the neighbor herself, who is deaf, was unaffected, she then discovers a U.S. Navy antenna ray emitting elf waves stretches beneath their property. Scully seduces, or de- seduces, de- deduces that an adorable surge in these waves somehow caused a rising pressure in the inner ear of the nearby inhabitants. Westward motion and an increase in speed 
seemed to be the only thing to help ease the pain of the increasing pressure. Initially thinking that the FBI is part of a government conspiracy, Crump forces Mulder at gunpoint to drive, infuriating him along the way with anti-Semitic slurs. Man, it's been a while since I watched this. I gotta, I need to go back and watch this. I popped in an episode of the X-Files just for uh, Agent Mulder here so you can uh, get a feel for what he's named after, but uh, which he was pretty interested, actually, got to say. Anyway, eventually Mulder and Crump make amends and attempt to work out a solution before it's too late. Mulder explains to Crump that Scully will meet them at the Pacific Coast, the end of the highway. There, she will insert a needle into Crump's inner ear, hopefully relieving the pressure. Unfortunately, when Scully arrives, Crump has already died. Oh, spoiled it for me. Shit. <laughs> Some production notes here on the on the writing and the filming. Uh, Vince Gilligan, the writer of Drive, was inspired to open the episode based on an earlier idea he had about a man holding an individual hostage on a tilt-a-whirl. Um, Gilligan uh, had pitched this idea at several previous story meetings, and it soon became a recurring joke among the show's writers many of whom felt that the premier uh, premise lacked an X-Files-like mystery. Gilligan soon revised his story so that after the ride was shut off, the man's head would explode. <laughs> this led Gilligan to researching various government experiments, and soon he learned about the two real-life military experiments, Project Harp and Project Elf. The former is an ionospheric research program jointly funded by the U.S. Air Force, the Navy, and the University of Alaska Fairbanks, as well as the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, also known as DARPA. Whereas the latter is a U.S. Navy experiment dealing with long wavelengths, Gilligan thus wrote a script that featured an inv- individual who, to, due to a secret experiment involving sound waves, could not slow down for fear of rupturing his head. Gilligan admitted that the episode was partially an homage to the action film Speed, and contains a reference to the film when Crump and Mulder discover that speeding west is the key to success. Mulder mentions that he thinks he saw this movie. <laughs> uh, that's that's so good. Uh, it's, it's great. It's a great episode, as I recall. I love the Monster of the Week stuff. Not, I mean, not all of them were great. The Tombs ones, those were pretty great. Um, Home is one of the greatest episodes ever of uh, X-Files where they have the inbred family where they're just like mutants just freaky stuff and it's all in like black and white because you uh, like uh, almost a feel of the movie Freaks like old movie from like the 30s or whatever it was where it's like circus performers that are like amputees and such and uh, I get kind of like a feel like that but Freaks isn't like a scary movie (laughs) Like this episode's definitely like has I mean the just maybe being black and white and there's people missing limbs. Maybe that's the correlation there. But hey, you know, just any correlations uh correlation. And speaking of I've just, you know, constantly been talking about tool lately. I do believe I've heard uh one Maynard James Keenan of Tool that uh he's uh friends with Jillian Anderson, if I recall. I think they went to college together or something. There was some... He knows her from somewhere. Maynard. And... I feel like they they do know each other. Um, 
Yeah, okay. Yeah, he does. They, according to this, I, I Google searched the two's names, and apparently they did know each other before either of them were famous. Um, let's see. Did you do... Yeah, he he went to West Point. That's, uh, I believe that's where he got the nickname Maynard. Um, but after West Point, I believe is he is like late eighties, I guess he must've met, uh, Jillian Anderson is, uh, <coughs> love me some Jillian Anderson. I don't know if I trust these <laughs> biographies though. Of, uh, these tool guys on just this random, the tool shed dot down dot net. I don't know. They probably they've probably done some research, you know. Like here, this is the Maynard one. It says here one Maynard, Maynard James Keenan. Uh, it says Maynard was born to a Baptist family and grew up with an older sister in Ravenna, Ohio. Maynard attended Brown Junior High and then uh, Michigan. Or wait, oh Brown Junior High and then Ravenna High School through the tenth grade until he moved to Michigan. Sorry, uh, there he attended Mason County. Central High School in Scottville, Michigan. By the time he entered the Army in 1982, he had lived in Ohio, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Oklahoma, Kansas, and Texas. Just all over. And then Maynard was a member of the United States Military Academy, uh, West Point, uh, the prep school class of 1984. He was a member of the cross-country and wrestling teams, the Glee Club, and the Knight Crier. References to the honor code, I will not lie, cheat, or steal, or tolerate those who do, and to the term tool probably came from this experience. Lie, cheat, and steal, lie, cheat, and steal. A little line from uh, Intolerance there. Um, uh, but uh, actually, I believe I've heard in interviews Maynard uh saying that he joined up with the military stuff after watching Stripes, which I love that. I love Bill Murray. I totally get that. Totally get that. But uh, it says Maynard quit the military to study art, which eventually led to a job in L.A. applying spatial design concepts called feng shui to remodeling pet stores, which I've heard this. I think this is accurate. While Maynard was in Michigan, he attended the Kendall College of Art and Design which is one of the best in that area. His artwork was rumored to be very abstract. Maynard was friends with Jillian Anderson while he was at Kendall. Before Tool in the 80s, Maynard was in Children, Children of the Anachronistic Dynasty, or CAD for short, uh, that released an independent cassette called Fingernails. He was also in another band called Texans. Um, they spent... I th- they s- <laughs> Camel case it, so I'm get like a. I'm guessing how to pronounce is that that it's not pronounced Texans, but Texans because like A is capitalized there. Um, I haven't heard that band. I've heard Children of the Anachronistic Dynasty, which there's plenty of YouTube on that band, which is funny. It's very 80s, and it's it's definitely Maynard. He looks so funny. He's all rocking the spandex and shit. And you can hear a very early version of Tool of them doing, or Tool of uh, Sober, that of t- course would be, might just be Tool's like most famous song. Definitely the song that put him on the map initially. Um, it was like Opiate. I don't think it was ever that big, but once Undertow dropped, Sober was just all over the fucking place. 
Um, says here, Maynard met Danny carrying L.A. when they were neighbors. Danny let Maynard Adam use his practice space uh, and ended up playing with them a few times, which it doesn't uh, it doesn't mention here. And actually, I wonder if it was before they were neighbors, but uh, Maynard and Danny actually collaborate, uh, collaborated. <laughs> I can make it up words here. I, I don't know what's going on. The nerds didn't affect me quite how I thought they would. Uh, anyway, they collaborated. They were, uh, if you know of the band Green Jelly from the was late 80s, early 90s, they had the Three Little Pigs song. It was like, not by the hair on my chinny chin chin. Or, or maybe that's shit. Oh, I don't remember exactly how that goes, but there's Maynard does the high pitch voice. Maybe that he's, uh, he does the high pitch voice, and I forgot the line he says. But Maynard's in there, just like, uh, and then uh, Danny's on drums. He uh, played drums for uh, Green Jelly. Um, it also says uh, Maynard's father is a retired high school teacher from Mason County Central High School in Scottsville, Michigan. They get along fine, and Maynard visits home every year. Maynard is rumored to reside near Sedona, Arizona. Maynard was involved in a second project called A Perfect Circle, though he's still very much a part of Tool. You don't say. You don't say. He just had a birthday, actually. He turned 58. It was April 17th. Uh, oh, this is some quick facts here. This is interesting. Oh, it's the first one, if, you, <laughs> if you're from familiar with Tool or Maynard at all. This sh- should come as no surprise. Maynard was a Kiss maniac when he was 12. I actually saw him, I believe, at Lollapalooza 97, the first time I saw them, he was rocking the Kiss makeup on stage. If I if I recall, and, and a bra that had stuffing in it. <laughs> My first experience of Maynard right there. Um, his first concert was Rick Springfield. I love it. I love it. I hope that's true. I love me some Rick Springfield. Um, <laughs> mainly because I, I'm just a fan of Jesse's Girl. I don't, I don't know. I couldn't tell you all of Rick Springfield's like back catalog or anything. But I, I don't know. I love the song Jesse's Girl. And uh, it's the only song that I'm aware uses the word moot. Fun fact. I mean, find me another one. Maybe there is. It's just not that well of a known of a song or I'm just... Not that aware. You know, I don't know as much newer music. Maybe Billie Eilish is using Moot a bunch in a song. I don't know. Or uh, The Weeknd. I don't know. Uh, see, he was voted most artistic by his high school senior class. Huh. Maynard has a son named Devo. I, uh, that was, I, I'm aware of that. He was born August 5th of 95. Um, he practices Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. That's, if you follow him on Instagram, you know he's into Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, occasionally under Rickson Gracie. Has paintings by Ramiro Rodriguez. Oh, son of a bitch. My computer's, uh, shouting at me to do updates. (laughs) Bastard. Okay. Anyway. Um... Doing some Call of Duty updates while I'm trying to record this. <laughs> I haven't played much Call of Duty lately. I've been rocking the uh, Tiny Tina's uh, Wonderlands, the old Borderlands. 
and uh, almost through the story on that one. It's a uh, if you like Borderlands, it's pretty entertaining. I'd recommend it. Good playthrough. Still haven't finished Resident Evil Seven. You go back and finish that one. I I like it. Just you know, got sidetracked. Tiny Tina's got me all wrapped up in her stuff. I'm not don't really care for D and D, but it's you know, which it's uh, like their take on D and D, but it's pretty good. Like uh, I recommend it. Um, uh, damn, and I still I'm still having allergies from the cat. I've been rocking the Allegra, <laughs> which seems like it helps a bunch. But this cat, Agent Mulder here, he is shedding an insane amount. <laughs> like a really insane amount. And it's like, I if I pick him up, and then just like his hair just gets like completely coats like my shirt. And then I don't like being sitting on the couch rocking some Borderlands. And then I just looked at it just... Like the other day when I was playing Borderlands on the couch, I fucking all of a sudden just a massive tear came out of my eye <laughs> from all the allergic reaction. It's like son of a bitch, uh, <laughs> just can't can't win with the stuff. But uh, fun fact: the other day, I uh, a friend from work she uh, she gave me one of those. Uh, you can get that tuna at the store. It's in a like a pouch. And uh, she had it, and she didn't want it. And I'm like, I didn't really want to eat it either. Like, I'm not crazy about tuna. I'll eat it. Those pouches there for a while. I was, uh, I'd eat them like after a run. Give me a little protein. Help me, uh, re, uh, you know, plenish my muscles, uh, rejuvenate them. You know. And uh, <clears throat> but this one had like chili flavoring. I'm not crazy about chili flavoring. And uh, but I ate it. It was all right. But I shared some with the cat, and knowing that it was a bit spicy, wasn't sure if he'd like it, and I was kind of on the fence knowing that when I had previously given him wet food, he started puking a bunch, and I was really concerned that there might be something really seriously wrong with the cat. Um, however, yeah, he's fine. He's fine. Um, and, and he, man, I had I felt like I had to give him the tune-up because as soon as I opened that fucking bag, meow. Meow, meow. It was like fucking crack, dude. Like he, he could smell that there was crack going around. And then I was like, oh, you, let's see. And I, knowing that it was spicy, I was like, is he going to eat it? And it, it didn't bother him one damn bit. <laughs> he went right in for the kill. He fucking annihilated that shit. When I lived with Jackman and, uh, the cats, uh, Doom Kitty and, uh, Krappus. Um, I would occasionally in the mornings, every morning, like uh, before work, I'd make my uh, sandwich and stuff, my lunch, get ready, and uh, occasionally I would slip them a little lunch meat. I'm like, here you go, kitties, and uh, <laughs> I would find it funny because a lot of times I would get very spicy lunch meat. I'd get uh, like the buffalo chicken. Fortunately, Schnooks doesn't have this anymore, but they had really good uh, uh, curry chicken, and I haven't seen that there in a while. I love the curry chicken stuff. Mm. Got a little bit of a bite. And I'd get the Chipotle sometimes to have a bite. The jerk one, you really want to kick. Dude, the jerk seasoning, holy fucking shit. It will punch you in the face. 
and shit on your chest. And uh um yeah, that was uh that that one I really got if it's like, okay, I'm having sinus issues. Issues. I don't know if they have the jerk one anymore either. I feel like probably not that many people got that because I mean it is quite spicy. I do love me some jerk seasoning, but I mean they coat that fucking thing with jerk seasoning. And it is oof, it's good stuff. Good, good stuff. But I would uh whenever I would be at Jackman's making the sandwich, I really enjoyed when I get the spicy stuff, like, oh yeah, you wanna bug me for lunch meat? You like the cats learned like maybe I, I don't want to bug him too much when he's got food there because I would put it down like especially the jerk seasoning. Maybe it's maybe that's the first one I attempted to give him. And that's what drew him off to this, but like Doom Kitty especially. He did not like spicy food. He would take one whiff and like his whole mouth just like would become a gasp and like just like his tongue like hanging out and just looking like he was about to hurl. (laughs) Just like violently vomit just from like one whiff of this lunch meat. They're like, yeah, I don't want this. And before that moment, I don't think I ever had an incident where I, it was like chicken lunch meat at that. And, like, as far as, like, chicken and tuna goes, like, I've been around cats, like, pretty much my entire life. I've never seen a cat, like, turn down, like, chicken like that before. <laughs> I, got, I got a huge kick out of it. And so I didn't know how Agent Mulder would react. The, the chili tuna wasn't, like, super spicy, though. I feel like maybe if I had some real spicy buffalo chicken or... I mean, buffalo chicken doesn't get usually that spicy when you get on lunch meat and stuff. But if I got that jerk seasoning chicken, I, it, knowing like I, I just hope it wouldn't make him puke. That that would be like the biggest thing I'd be afraid of. Like I don't want to like get him sick again. But it, I would love. I'm curious. Just get a little bit, just a little, little, little bit, little bit, and then see if he'll eat it. But then, then I'm kind of fucked if he's like all in, all for it. If I give him a piece of lunch meat that's all super spicy, as soon as I, you know, make my sandwich again, he'll be all on me. That's it's a dangerous road to go down. I don't know if I'm ready for that. <laughs> you I mean, I guess at this point it really wouldn't matter so much because it gets to be like an hour and a half, two hours before I'm going to feed him, and he's already attacking me, meowing constantly, and like, hey dude, where's it at? <laughs> I don't know if we can get much worse than that. I'll wake up in the mornings to him like clawing my head because he wants food. He's like, meow, meow, meow. feel like me doing that just already is going to get him going. He's sitting right behind me. He has become way more relaxed lately. He's got a very relaxed look on his face now. <laughs> I turned around and he's like, oh, he popped his head up. He was like sleeping-ish. He looks peaceful. Peaceful. This one. <laughs> Maybe I should stop talking so much shit about him. I was surprised at how he did let me finally like trim his his claws there. That was although I ah I did trim the one claw a little too too close there and it it does look like it bled a little bit. I felt kind of bad about that one. But I finally got the fella to allow me to trim his claws. At least on the front paw, which is the important one. Though he's still tearing up the couch, even after trimming his claws. 
It doesn't feel as bad when he claws me, though, with his uh, claws trimmed. Not nearly as bad. So that's a plus. But I guess he trusts me. <laughs> Get near him with the the cl- clippers. That's that's good to know. And uh, it was uh, quite a relief to finally have him uh, allow me. I don't remember what day it was. I think this happened after I recorded the last podcast. But there was, uh, like, the first night I tried to do it, he would not let me at all. Yeah, I guess this was a Sunday I did it. This last Sunday. Seems like an eternity ago, but I think this was his last Sunday. And uh <laughs> I uh I went and uh I planned it out. I tried to video it, but like he was when I was video taping the damn thing, although it wasn't a tape, it was on my phone when I was recording the damn thing. Um <laughs> He was not cooperative at all. He wouldn't want anything to do with it. He knew something was up too, watching me like get the phone out and like put it on the uh, little <laughs> stand and all that shit and try to like, while I'm trying to get him to sit in my lap, he's like, dude, something's up. You motherfucker, you're trying to fuck with me. And he he wasn't really having any part of that. And then I think it actually helps him missing the one paw or leg rather and Paul and uh, because he can slip out of my grasp real easy because that side there's nothing for me to grab on he can just roll out he can do all Autobots like man and just roll out (laughs) Uh, so uh, (laughs) yeah so I did that and he was like uh, fighting me and of course rolled out and I was getting frustrated and I'm like, I didn't want to quit because he's going to know too, like, oh, he can win. He can win. And he knows that, so he won't put up with this shit. So I let him, like, chill out for a little bit. And then uh, I was trying to, like, so I'm like, hey, we're still buds, right? Let's pet. Let's, here you go. Here's a couple of treats, whatever. <laughs> I waited for him to get on the cat tree. I snuck the uh, clippers into my hand. I hid them. Hid them away. And as he was uh, laying on the cat tree, I snuck up to him. Uh, He's finally caught on to that I'm talking about him. He's getting up and stretching. (laughs) And uh, I sneak up on him, and I pet him like, hey, buddy. He's like, hey, what's up? Yeah, yeah, pet me. And then uh, I just kind of got his, just stick his claws out in his front paw there, and I clip one of his, his, uh, his claws there. And uh, he was kind of annoyed by it, but, like, he wasn't too bad. And then so I patted him, and I tried to do another, but, like, he wasn't really having that. So I, I gave him a treat. Like, here you go. That's good for let me do that. And I was excited. I mean, I was, like, petting him like crazy. Like, oh, dude, that's awesome. You're so cool. Thanks for letting me do this. <laughs> then the next night, I was able to do the whole paw. It's great. And he was, like, totally cool with it. Totally cool with it. Now, as far as doing other things to the cat, you know, I think that's about as far as I'm going to go. I'm going with, like, you know, uh, running the brush through his fur and then uh, clipping his nails. I'm not going to do anything too crazy. Maybe clean his ears. I might do that at some point. I do clean around his eyes, too. But uh, I I don't want to become quite a wet nurse for a cat. (laughs) Uh, But it it was so so good. I was so excited. I was able to actually... 
trim his claws. It was like an like a super achievement. It was almost to the extent of me like finishing a marathon for the first time. I was like, yes, completion. I've worked so hard. <laughs> okay, maybe not that that uh, intense, but uh, it worked out. <laughs> uh, I'm looking at some Reddit posts of Tool here. <laughs> There's a picture of uh, Adam playing guitar with uh, Maynard in the back, and it looks like Maynard's dropping a deuce. It's kind of freaking me out. <laughs> deuce and Maynard on the stage, dropping deuce, making a tool. I don't know. Uh, is, damn it. I almost feel like I need to refresh again. There's, I highly doubt that they're going to get any stock in on a fucking Saturday. <laughs> And I'm willing to bet it's still going to say out of stock. But I'll I'll refresh this page yet again, musician's friend, to see. And it still says order now. This item is backordered but is available to reserve now. You will not be charged until the item ships. Sons of bitches. (laughs) I want my antique silver burst, man. I want it. I want it now. Just the I've grown after I guess looking at this guitar so much. I drool over it, you know. It comes to me in my dreams, uh, and I really enjoy the artwork on the uh, back of the headstock. There's something so nice about that. Although I don't know, I almost feel like uh, I still f- like the uh, custom shop artwork on the back of that headstock better. I gotta pull that up now. And uh, just look at the, uh, let's see here. There we go. Well, this isn't the V2. The V2, I think, has got a different artwork. The version 2. The back of the headstock. I don't recall. I do not recall. Uh, here we go. Here's the. Uh, I think the coolest part, though, is about the custom shop is having that burst on the back of it is where the standard does not also have the burst on the back. I like that burst. The artwork though on the headstock. I don't know, I guess I don't know that I have really a favorite there. I think it looks better with the burst. The burst does look better with that on there. I was going I was trying to sell myself on the fact that the standard, the cheaper standard <laughs> artwork looked better but Damn it, that burst all the way around the guitar looks does look a lot better. I, I I've tried to sell myself as that this is as good as the custom shop, but it, uh, at the end of the day, the custom shop <laughs> looks pretty fucking nice. Pretty fucking nice. The only day I'll ever be able to like sniff one of those is if uh, I happen to win the lottery. I don't think that. Uh, there's any way that I'd end up with a custom shop unless I find somebody that had s- stolen the Sweetwater guitar shipment and then I stole it from them and I had one of their stolen stole, stolen property. I don't know. <laughs> I don't see that happening, though. Uh, I've been, I actually researched that recently because if you're not familiar, in 2020, November of 2020, I guess when the custom shop Adam Jones guitar initially came out, there was a full palette that was stolen 
off a truck that was uh, delivering the guitars to Sweetwater. It was, I want to say it was like in Ohio at a Flying J gas station or truck stop. At uh, So when he went on the truck and specifically went for that, it makes me think it was like an inside job, somebody that probably worked for Sweetwater. And it was valued at the time, the pallet of guitars was valued at about $95,000. These were extremely sought after guitars and uh, 95 fucking grand man, for a pallet of guitars. Pretty crazy that you just get that off a fucking truck at a gas station. <laughs> and I haven't been able to see anything new about it. There, It's rumored online. People say it was probably a quality control issue. Gibson has a bad history, I guess, with QCing things. And that it's rumored, again, this is the internet, you know, there's rumors about all kinds of shit, conspiracies. They think, though, that the Gibsons, like, recalled them, basically, but tried to, to hide the fact that they're recalling it, so staged a fake sti- uh, robbery. But I got to say, though, whether it was fake or not, I'm thinking it was probably a real robbery, <laughs> but uh, they got some good PR out of the story. I mean, Gibson did pretty, I mean... Kind of an expensive PR campaign, <laughs> I would imagine. You know, $95,000, kind of expensive money to put into PR. But it was a big story. It got news nationwide. I mean, this is the height of the pandemic here. And people were looking for, you know, all kinds of things to kill time. Guitar sales went through the roof. So this was this is a huge story at the time. And... There's some good YouTube videos that came out of this, like, because uh, Gibson famously remade the stolen guitars. They, uh, I think there was 13 of them, and they remade them, and uh, there's videos of the Gibson brand president, Cesar, uh, rocking out on the fucking Adam Jones custom. He's apparently really good friends with Adam. And... Uh, he uh, personally gave uh, the guitar out to one of the people that w- had ordered the guitar through Sweetwater. And uh, the guy's, I believe in a Tool cover band and stuff, but there's some good YouTube videos on that. It's like through a Play and Trade Guitars YouTube channel, I believe, is where that video came through. And uh, it's some good stuff. I mean, they had, I think it helped them in the in the long-term things but then again, you know, that's that is why people assume, you know think that there's like a conspiracy to it. I would love to find out though, like if there was anybody found any of the stolen ones cuz the you can I believe you can go on and find uh the serial numbers of the stolen guitars. There's a way to do it. If some somebody's got it out there. I guess Gibson probably put it out there. Let's see. Stolen Adam Jones serial numbers. That'll probably find it. As, uh... <coughs> God damn it. See, these are just news articles on this <laughs> on the robbery. Uh... Damn it. Let's see here. I want to know what the fucking serial numbers. 
Hmm. Oh, here we go. Does it have the serial numbers in here? I want to find the goddamn serial numbers. Uh, da, da, da. Oh, those guitars, they're selling for even more now. Like, it would be as much as those fucking guitars. Oh, yeah, it does have the serial numbers here. Um, yeah, they had four of them were the custom aged and signed. So those are the super expensive ones, which those right now are selling upwards of like 20 grand. So those alone would be like 80 grand or more just for those four fucking guitars now. And then there's nine of the VOS first version and those um are selling I think they're still selling for about six thousand ish. I don't know, I haven't looked it up on reverb to see if anybody's really selling theirs lately. I don't think you can find the the ones that mostly get sold are the more expensive one. Well this one, okay, maybe it's not quite twenty grand. I'm still seeing one here for fourteen thousand, which initially was thirteen thousand for it. So maybe the twenty. I could have swore I saw one fairly recently, though, where it had showed that it was twenty grand. Maybe since the release of the uh, fucking uh, standard, now that it's probably dropped the price of the custom. Now that there's like more affordable. <laughs> version out there. Yeah, it does look like they've dropped the prices on uh, uh, so quite a few of these. So that's actually helped drive the price down on those. So maybe at some point I would be able to afford a custom shop one off re- uh, Reverb, but of course, I mean, it's not going to be brand new at that point. Which kind of sucks. Whoever hopefully had it before me. If I get that, then it would uh, be alright. <laughs> Uh yeah, here it says the price didn't fluctuate that much. I I could have swore though I saw it for like twenty grand. Still though, fourteen thousand dollars is a lot for a fucking guitar. That is a, a a fuck ton. Um one day maybe. One day I'll somehow get that. It'd be nice. I I'd just like to have the fucking standard already, damn it. Yeah, bat, yeah, bastards. Okay, this one does say it's almost. It was at one point almost. It was selling for eighteen thousand. So that's that's not too far off for twenty. So I'm thinking maybe at some point in time, Reverb did have. It's oh shit yeah. Some people are just like asking crazy amounts for it. Like yeah, here it says twenty three thousand nine hundred dollars. But yet there's another one over here, but that says it's mint. So I guess this person didn't touch it at all. Um, which initially this mint one, they were selling it for 29,000. Nobody fucking bought it. So they dropped it by like five grand. Again, these things were $13,000 new, like son of a bitch. Yeah. Some of these, another one initially tried to sell it for 25,000. They just dropped it down over $11,000. Now it's for 13,500 like sons of bitches. Um, just one that, yeah, okay, they are ridiculous in price. Holy fuck. Um, good lord, man. Most of these are just insane. It would be so, so dope to have one of those fucking custom shop ones, though. 
as I'm looking at these. I not getting it brand new though. I'm gonna <laughs> spending that much money on the guitar and not having it brand new. Just seems wrong. Seems very wrong. As uh <sighs> something else. But uh damn it, musicians friend. Really making me think I was gonna make a YouTube video. Unboxing video. I was I was getting excited for it. I was going to be singing like Mr. Jones probably. <laughs> I was unboxing it. That probably wouldn't have gone well. But <laughs> perhaps sometime in the future I'll get it. I guess maybe in July. We'll see. They said initially like July 15th. As American Musical Supply still keeps apparently getting small shipments in. While Musician's Friend... At least what they've told me have not been getting any shipments in and won't get any until July. Although their website said, like, hey, we got them in stock. Order away. We'll send them right out. Yet, no, here we are. Nope. Not happening for me. Anyway, at least I got another episode of Breaking Bad. Or shit. <laughs> Better call Saul. Uh, it seems more like Breaking Bad now that they're getting way more into the cartel and Gustavo. I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to differentiate the shows from each other. They're so intertwined. Um, but I got that to look forward to. And, uh, Kenobi, man, Kenobi, just a couple of weeks away from fucking Kenobi. Kenobi. Mm. Good stuff. So excited for that. And uh, I guess that's all I have. As always, that is a kid in a wheelchair, not a trash can.